Welcome to episode five of Sister Stories. This is Barbara with the Women's Resource Center. And you all may remember from past episodes that SISTER stands for Survivors in Service to Extend Resiliency. And this podcast, SISTER Stories, is really designed to help us all remember that survivors are just like everyone else. We are going to hear today from, I don't want to say Pinky. You're, you're a grown-up lady now, Zenathia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Zenathia was with us as a girl. And now, as I say, she's a woman, a very lovely woman who's accomplished wonderful things. She's a senior in college now. Thank you. And I just want to have you get started by saying a little bit about yourself. What do you want people to know about you? For me, I think the biggest takeaway that I want people to know about me is that I am, I'm passionate. I'm very passionate about everything that I do, everything that I say, and I'm very intentional. So anything that I've done or I've said is for the intention of helping someone. Um, I've kind of accepted that, you know, everyone has a purpose in life and some people's purpose is to help others. So I accepted that for myself, I am one of those people to help others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that sounds right. And so when I was talking to you a little bit before we turned the camera on, you mentioned mm-hmm. a lot of classes around psychology and working with children. And so I wanted to hear more about your major and what you're hoping to do with that. It sounds like right in line with your mission to help. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, to be completely honest, uh, since I am first gen and uh, co- first generation in college, um, I didn't really know much about uh, what I wanted to do per se as a career, but I knew that I wanted to help people. So I knew that it was, it, it, I, I knew that psychology was in the realm of that, but um I didn't figure out till later, which is not too late. It's, I, I didn't figure out till later, but it's not too late that um, I actually wanted to go into social work. Um, but psychology has been a very, a very good experience for me. I've learned more how to do research. Um, right now I'm taking, I've, I've learned more about uh, mental health and that played a big role in my life as well. Um, I've taken classes on mental health. Right now, I'm taking um, classes for child psychology, the history of psychology. I'm taking a social work class. I'm taking a child psychology class. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, once I move on to my master's program, Mm -hmm. then I'll be able to do to do more of the things that I initially wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Nice. So what drives you? That's a, that's a big deal. You said you're a first-gen college student. How did you mm-hmm. make that for yourself? My biggest motivation was my family. And I say this, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but more so in a, most people might see it in a negative way, but the, my struggles in life mm-hmm. has humbled me to make sure that I do better for myself and that I'm able to inspire the ones that come after me. So I think that my family history 
inspired me to do better. And that, yeah, I, I can pretty much say that's my biggest motivation. Mm-hmm. Even my mother, you know, even now, like my mother and my siblings and my aunts, they're very supportive. But knowing my family history, I want to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as um, as far as how did I how did I get here? Mm-hmm. I I made that realization. Mm-hmm that I'm motivated by my struggles. Mm -hmm. I made that realization. And then I did everything that I possibly could. I made that a focus. Mm -hmm. I did everything that I possibly could to do something different. Mm -hmm. Although I know in the way that I may have hurt some people at that time, Mm -hmm. I may have done some things. People may felt some type of way about me after doing, um, after doing something different. Yeah. But I, for myself, I made it a focus to do something different, to do something better. Right. Yeah. You know, when I'm, when I'm listening to you talk, a couple of things are coming up for me. One of the things I'm remembering is the resiliency of your family. I mean, you mm-hmm. talk about your family history and the struggles that you've had. And of course, I don't know all of them, but I do know some. I remember you as a, as a middle schooler. Yeah. <laughs> in high school. And it's been, your path has been really amazing. And so I've known some of the things that have happened, you know, with your family over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that's always really stuck with me is, you know, all of you, have it's sort of like um it's it's more than resiliency it's also there's a tremendous grit there and there's also tremendous love there I mean the way that you all are connected is really amazing and Mm -hmm. that's a for better or for worse kind of thing I know that you all love hard and fight hard and so uh, and I'm I'm wondering how belonging in your family as it is has shaped your sense of yourself as far as my mother goes mm-hmm. she's the only person that has really i want to say my mother shaped me mm-hmm. and i mean that in a sense where not that not just because she raised me, but um, her life experience. Like growing up, I used to always I I I always saw her struggle, and uh, when I became a certain of age, a certain age, I realized you know children are very neat, but <laughs> but I, I when I realized when I um, became a certain age, I realized you know mama struggling. Yeah. Don't ask. Don't ask for this because. Mama gonna feel, uh, Mama gonna feel the obligation to get it to you when she knows she's struggling. You know, every right. every mother wants to see their child happy, right? Even if it's the little things. But I knew at a young age, don't ask Mama for this because you don't want to put an extra burden, an extra unnecessary burden on her. Yeah. So, 
I think that that is when I started to realize that I want to do everything I can to help. So I became I became the helping person. I became I, I wanted to do I wanted to do everything in my in my power to alleviate some of the stress off my mother. Mm-hmm. And um, even for my siblings, when they were going through anything, they I was always the person to come to. So I knew that. I would be the helping individual. I will go into a helping profession. Um, yeah, my my mother has played a big role yeah. in shaping me. Yeah, and how we grew up. She always told us. <laughs> I say to this day, I'm like my my mother is always right. <laughs> that's, why, that's why sometimes we can't we we don't get along sometimes. I'm like mom. I come back. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah yeah your mother is very wise <laughs> is she is because but that's that's only because mm-hmm. I mean because she's a very smart woman but mm-hmm. she's so much and I have no choice but to listen to her because mm-hmm. like resiliency like she she has yeah yeah gone through a lot and yeah. things that I can't I probably I possibly can't imagine and She's she's a very strong woman, and I'm so thankful for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> man, that is definitely some really powerful modeling about you know being able to experience a lot of life's difficulties and still have a light about yourself, or still have a part of yourself that does not give up, and still has love to offer, who's still mm-hmm. able to keep connections and keep trying. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And going off, when I've gone off to school, it was very hard to separate because not only did I go off to school, I moved out of the house mm-hmm. because I realized at a certain point, I'm trying to get myself together, but mm-hmm. I can't, I can't pour into myself if I'm continuously giving out everything right. that I have. Right. So it was very hard for me to separate um, because like I said, my mother is my biggest motivation. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have asked this before. I mean, it takes a certain level of self-possession, self-confidence, and I think a really deep, deep commitment to your vision to be able to make that separation. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that you're talking about recognizing that you have something that you want to offer to the world and you have to do that by first um, building yourself up. And I'm, I'm wondering, and I've asked this before, how you, how did you move through that difficulty? I mean, a lot of the times for many of us, it feels, it feels too hard to do something that will disappoint the people that we love, or it feels too hard to, you know, feel, you know, some, and, and I know this is not true in your family, but in some families, if you accomplish more, then people will say, who do you think you are? Or you think you're better than someone else? Or, or so how were you able to cut through all that mental chatter and do what you needed to do? I, I've always, I've always looked at the bright side. I had to I had to force myself to be optimistic. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until honestly 
throughout my first two years of college, even from leaving home my first two years of college, actually, you know what, from being at home to my Mm -hmm. first two years of college, Mm -hmm. I've had to force myself to be optimistic. I had to force myself to have faith that the universe is going to give me that, you know, what I need because it wasn't until, um, last year that I really got into my faith that I realized that, you know, I don't know what everybody's else's uh, religion is, but I, I realized that the Lord wouldn't bring me this far mm-hmm. to forsake me. And like I said, I'm grateful for my experiences because it has humbled me. And I think growing up, growing up and being who I am now, I've always been, I've always been, I'm going to do better. I'm going to get this done. Even like, even not having that mindset, like I said, you have to force yourself. You have to, well, I had to force myself to be more optimistic and to realize that I can do better. And that's another thing you have to know because some people get into this bubble of their own reality and they realize that there's not, I mean, they, they assume that there's not better out there for, out there for them. So I had to, I had to make that realization that this does not have to be my reality. I can do better. And that's what kept me more optimistic because everything that I've seen, everything that I've been through growing up, I realized this does not have to be me. And I can show, I can show, you know, generations to come after me that Mm -hmm. this does not have to be you. That's a powerful mantra that you get to choose. Yeah. You get to choose. Choose. Yeah. So what advice would you have for young people experiencing homelessness and or if their parents are experiencing domestic violence? Um, I don't think my advice would be more so to the children, but to the parents themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. Because within my experience, I, I, uh, I think it's best to comfort your children because when you are the child, you have no say. So there's not really much you can do, but experience what you're going through. And it's hard, but, you know, I understand that um, women in domestic violence situations, some, some of their main focus is to keep the child safe and possibly to get away. But I think it's also important to take accountability. I mean, not accountability, but take into consideration um, your child's feelings and how they mm-hmm. feel about the situation. And right. don't make them feel like either it's their fault mm-hmm. or what mommy and boyfriend, mommy and daddy, or it's, it's none of your business, you know? Right. Because when you do that, it makes me as a child feel irrelevant, you know, especially when you're trying to help and you want to help, but there's really nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. So I think it's best um, as a parent, 
that you acknowledge your child's feelings mm-hmm. and that you acknowledge that they are, they are going through this with you. Mm-hmm. They're not just there, but they're going through with you. And yeah. That's good advice. Do you have any thoughts about what a healthy relationship will look like for you? A healthy relationship for me mm-hmm. would be someone someone who wants the best for me regardless of what, if it's with them or not. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. I, mm-hmm. I think, I uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a healthy relationship, <laughs> a healthy relationship is someone who, who wouldn't, cause any harm to me whether it's emotionally physically someone like I said someone who wants the best for me regardless if it's with them yeah that's right yeah thank you for saying that so what do you think people get wrong about domestic violence or people experiencing homelessness I think people have a lot of assumptions Definitely. Mm -hmm. But you said this before. The main thing is they think you're broken. Mm -hmm. You're a broken person. There's no helping you. Or uh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're doing. For me growing up, it's uh, you're poor. You make ill decisions. It's your fault you're in this position. I just think for people, people from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. you just can't, you just can't judge someone based off what they're going through because nine times out of 10, they didn't put themselves in this position just to be here. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, they didn't, they didn't expect this to happen when it was first introduced. I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone should judge because we're all here. We're living the same life. Not necessarily. We all have the same opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. So what kinds of things do you think could help, you know, as a society, as a culture, what kinds of things can we do to help make some of these really complex problems better? How can we help end instability, homelessness? How can we help end domestic violence? I want to say this, but (laughs) it may sound a bit cliche, but I think the world needs more love. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like in places like Switzerland, they're they are very peaceful there because everybody is just for one minding their own business and they love like <clears throat> not saying that they don't have problems, but but it's it's peaceful there. Um a lot of people need to be more considerate mm-hmm. as far as people go. Um the government, especially, I think there should be more resources for a certain type of individuals because you hear about these problems and, you know, 
you hear about these problems and the most you can do is go on Google and try to see where you can find help. Mm. I feel like there should be how they have billboards for certain, uh, you know, like for like uh, restaurants and stuff. Why not have billboards for, um, for uh, things of that nature? That's pretty much all I can think of right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think awareness is really important. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons that we wanted to do this podcast so people could understand that domestic violence um, difficulty can happen with anyone, with everyone. And exactly like you're saying, it's really important to speak up and get help. And so we want to let people, we want to put the word out that help is available. Right. Yeah. So thank you for helping with that, with helping us create some more awareness. Yeah, of course, because a lot of people, a lot of people don't know. They'll be in their situation and think they're helpless when you're, you're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is help out there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always something we can do. I'd always want to be that person that people feel comfortable confiding in, or if anything that I can do, I can help find resources. That's why I want to get into social welfare. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you bring amazing perspective. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. I'm excited. (laughs) I know it's really hard now because of everything that's happening with COVID, but do you have any opportunities now to volunteer or anything? Um, Well, I'm doing an internship for for TRIO. Have you heard of TRIO, the TRIO program? No. Um, Well, it's for, it's um, student support services. Mm -hmm. It's for uh, uh, students who are, and financial need. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing an internship there and I'm pretty much just he- helping out with the program director. Um, mm-hmm. I can't really do anything off campus because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, because of COVID and everything, yeah. but I'm doing my internship there. I did do um, an internship over uh, winter break last year mm-hmm. with a shelter. Mm-hmm. I was doing case management. Um, I was doing some case, case management work wonderful did anything about that work surprise you honestly um no No? I think as I came in I I I was open to a lot of experience I was open to new experiences um Mm -hmm. so everything that came to me I I pretty much accepted it's a lot of files organization (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah I love I loved interacting with the women and children and one of the girls I sat down with her she wanted um pretty much you know our conversation now she wanted to ask me um more about getting into school and Mm -hmm. um, like like I said I had a problem separating from my mother yeah she has problems separating from her mother but um Mm -hmm. like baby I know it's hard I know it's hard but mm-hmm. in order to do better, you got to separate yourself mm-hmm. from what's holding you back. Not, not saying that her mother was holding her right, back. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to be brave and step out there. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I'm glad you were there. So what, what do you love about yourself? I love, well, newly, it's, it's pretty new to me. I love that I have more faith. Mm-hmm. I love that 
my heart is open to new things. I love that I am, I can find peace within myself. Mm. I love that I'm able to interact with pretty much anyone. Yeah. I used to think that I was introverted, but I learned that I am extroverted. <laughs> <laughs> I am extroverted with introverted tendencies. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I love <laughs> I love I love people. Mm-hmm. I realize that I want to work more with families because I love I love unity. Even uh, when when I became I mean, uh, when I got more into my faith, I I have a God family. I have um, God sisters and brothers, God parents, um, and they are just absolutely amazing, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also, I just want to say, if you find people out there that are very supportive, if you find people out there that are very supportive to you and mm-hmm. they love you, don't don't turn them away because family does not have to be blood. Yeah. And I meant to say, you know, like you said, I was there with you guys as a middle, middle schooler. I know, look at you now. <laughs> but... My experience there was very was very motivational to me too because I remember um, all of the people that worked there they were just so great to me and to my family and um, I remember Miss Jackie Miss Tess Miss Parrish I remember all of them but um, uh, yeah I I was like this is that's when I realized honestly like this is what I want to do. I want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cause they didn't, they, they made me feel so good being mm-hmm. there. It felt mm-hmm. like. Home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. So thinking about yourself now, what, what feels like a great day for you? Every day. Every day. Yeah. I, <laughs> like I said, I can find so much peace within myself even when something goes bad and you know, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm still breathing. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wake up every day and, you know, positive affirmations. Today's going to be a great day. We're going to have a great day. Mm -hmm. Then I interact with people, you know, I, when I interact with people, I try to, I try to exude my energy onto them. (laughs) Because yeah. even never know how people are feeling. So I just try to be as positive as I can. Even mm-hmm. when I am feeling down, when I'm feeling down, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have a co- coping mechanism. I'm like being completely honest. I just take a nap and then I wake up. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I think helps? And when you said that you've said it, what helps, you've said this twice now is, having a sense of peace within being able to connect to that. And I noticed when you said that, that I took a deep breath because, and this sounds cliche, it it just is so powerful being able to have that sense of yourself, your body, your mind as a refuge. Mm -hmm. So many people, um, especially if they've experienced a lot of stress or trauma or overwhelm, all of us essentially don't find peace inside And we actually are fearful about going inside and we're fearful of the feelings that come up. If they're feelings that we don't like or we don't want, 
And that fear drives us away from ourselves and into habits that don't serve us in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it felt really, really good for me to hear you say that, that you can rest inside your own body and in your own mind. And it's a place, and I'm, I'm adding now, mm-hmm. I'm imagining that you, you can feel safe and you don't feel like you have to run away from your own mind and your own body. Yeah. And um, that's just really, really so powerful. And I, I could feel myself just breathing deeply when you said that because it's, um, it's, it's important for every life, I think, to be able to be at home in yourself. And the fact that you've been able to do it now or even have some recognition, some awareness of that is phenomenal. It's pretty amazing. You are pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Sarah. <laughs> that's amazing. What I think is very unfortunate is that a lot of people can find peace within their souls. It's just a lot of the outside environmental factors mm-hmm. that, you know, influence, influence their mindset and how they feel. Um, what I, what I've learned, your environment is only material. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel good within your spirit, you'll mm-hmm. know feel good within your spirit when you feel good and you have that genuine happiness within your spirit or if mm-hmm. you felt that one time if you felt that one time mm-hmm. then it's 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 an unexplainable feeling mm-hmm. because it's like wow you know I never thought that I can have this and honestly when I realized that I found that peace in myself I I'm like wow this is this is new. You know, I was like, it's great. <laughs> but I want to keep this. So I've learned not to let my material environmental factors influence how I feel inside. And a lot of, like I said, it sounded cliche, but it comes by spreading love mm-hmm. and, um, being yourself, I think that's the most important thing is being yourself. And if people can accept you for who you are, then they don't deserve you. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. They don't. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's really been my great pleasure to talk with you. I'm so proud of the woman that you are becoming. Thank you so much. So is there, are there any parting words you'd like to share with, with our listeners? spread love <laughs> spread love when she's no seriously when you spread love you find love mm-hmm. not just from others but within yourself yeah that's good advice we, you're actually right we do need more of that and I think so many of us go immediately to um, our pain and our hurt and we use that as an excuse to wound other people um, but what I know is true is that just like we carry a lot of pain that many of us have been loved and we also have that inside of ourselves. So we really want to pay attention to that as well and, and share that. And that's a good way of healing ourselves and healing others. Like I said, family does not have to be blood. <laughs> People right. can genuinely love you like family. Yeah. So if you yeah. find, find that love somewhere, don't let it go. Right, because you deserve it. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. 
thanks for joining us for this episode of Sister Stories. It's important to note that everyone's situation is different and leaving an abusive partner may not be an immediate or safe option. To explore additional options or for help with safety planning, please call the Women's Resource Center 24 hours at 404-688-9436 or the National Domestic Violence Hotline. That number is 1-800-799-7233. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, domestic violence is prevalent in every community and affects all people regardless of age, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, gender, race, religion, or nationality. The devastating consequences of domestic violence can cross generations and last a lifetime.